Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten M. Um, it is July 2nd on a Thursday, 2020. And yesterday was a uh, interesting day for the Big Ten because they scheduled the Fighting Illini, scheduled linebacker Milo Eifler to come out on Zoom and talk with the media. Well, Eifler jumped the gun just a little bit, went out on Twitter, and questioned the return of going back and saying there's a big-time risk uh, involved. Mostly he pointed out the fact that there's some travel risks as well, and a lot of his teammates backed him up on Twitter. And I'm not going to lie, he's right. It is what it is. It is something that's scary. It's something that the collegiate athletes are having to deal with. Go look at Arizona, what's going on over there. The Arizona president just said it's not safe for students to be on campus. Well, if it's not safe for students to be on campus, then why the hell is the football team on campus? That doesn't make a lot of sense. So there are definitely concerns. Uh, Eifler made a concern that, makes all the sense in the world. I'm not going to disagree with what he's fighting for because personally, I've been in a fight like that as well myself. Look at the numbers, and the numbers are crazy. Now, granted, in Illinois, where he is, the numbers are actually pretty good. But when you're looking out at Florida, there's like 6,500 cases. Arizona had over 8,000 new cases yesterday. There are states that don't have this under control. There are states where the teams would have, excuse me, have to travel to play to that don't have this under control. And that's a scary proposition to ask. And especially with the fact that when you look at the amount of players that are on college football teams, and then you also talk about the small space that they would be in together for multiple hours when they would be traveling to go for away games or even a road game. Say they're even um, traveling, you know, say the Illini is going to Northwestern, uh, which I believe they do this year, or vice versa. I, I haven't looked at the schedule quite yet. I haven't memorized it yet. But let's just say hypothetical. Hey, you know, they got to drive a bus from Champaign to Evanston. Well, I'm going to tell you what. They're going to be in a confined space with a lot of guys and not a lot of breathing room. So Eifler has solid points here, and I'm never going to disregard any of that from a player that has concerns, and I'm concerned as well. You look across the country, and Oklahoma, they just had 14 players test positive. Now, look at the total number of players that were reported so far from the college football playoff. LSU, over 30. Clemson, 37. Oklahoma, now 14. What's really weird here is that the Buckeyes haven't had any. Well, guess what? Michael Drake, their president, came out and said yesterday in a very odd tweet, I don't understand why all these other schools don't release their information about the virus and their positive cases. 
Well, you contradicted yourself there, buddy, because the Buckeyes have not, and apparently I don't think they are planning on releasing their numbers because you have to expect that the Buckeyes have a couple, right? Well, guess what? Penn State came out today. They don't have any. 103 tests. None. I'm sorry, 102. None. Zero. Still. And, you know, it's interesting because their athletic director, Sandy Barber, she met with the media yesterday, and she touched on a bunch of topics. Uh, She does expect smaller crowds in Happy Valley this year, which I think that that's just, it is what it is. that, That is the case. If you want to see college football this year, that's the case. She also made a note about football in the spring. And this is something that I find very interesting because yesterday I talked about how the Ivy League is potentially looking to move their season to the spring, cutting out all of their out-of-conference games, just seven conference games out of the 10-game season. The Ivy League, they don't play as many games as high-level D1 football does. They don't have that 12-game slate. So it's very interesting that Sandy Barber comes out and says that football in the spring is the last resort. Last resort. It's very interesting. I, I think that's very telling. I think that most likely because of the time frame, we're looking at over 60 days out, just a little over 60 days out when teams are scheduled to kick off. And in all honesty, I think Barber's right. I think that there will be football in the fall, but I don't think there's going to be, I really don't think they should allow fans in, especially if these students aren't coming back to campus. Now, a lot of schools have decided that they are going to bring these students back to campus and most likely send them home after their Thanksgiving break, but things can change. And with the spiking numbers, in different locations. Now, again, the Midwest has done a really good job. You're not really hearing about Pennsylvania, are you? No. You're not hearing about Ohio. You are hearing a little bit about Wisconsin. I think they got an issue. They they, they don't have a mask law right now. And I think, in all honesty, it should be mandatory right now. I don't... I'm, I'm, this is not political at all. The mask is about respecting one another and realizing what we're all in. We're all in this together. We're a large community that needs to deal with a global pandemic. And look at other countries. Other countries have squashed it. Other countries don't have worries about coronavirus anymore. The European Union yesterday, the 1st of July, said they are no longer allowing American citizens to enter any of those countries because we don't have control of this. It's getting crazy. So I just, I personally, I think that wear your mask, go do that. Then you're going to see sports again. You're going to see sports again at some point in time. So, uh, you know, circling back to Milo Eifner, I'm down with it, Milo. I feel you, man. I, I really, I understand and I get it. And I completely understand your concerns. And what I thought was a little chicken was the fact that the Fighting Illini decided to cancel his Zoom call. It's a little odd. 
a little odd. Uh, Minnesota, some bad news from them as they've lost a commitment from Ohio defensive back Tamarian Crumpley. Crumpley said that uh, he probably rushed the process a little bit too much, and uh, this is not surprising. Uh, I spoke about this about a month and a half ago. 247 Sports did a little research and looked at how many commitments there have been at certain periods of time. And up to mid-April, there were more commitments in this recruiting class, in the 21 recruiting class, than in the 19 and 20 recruiting class at that point in time. So I thought that that was very telling and that you were going to see a lot of decommitments. And although there's not, there hasn't been a ton of decommitments, clearly Crumpley said he moved a little bit too fast, which is okay. I understand that. As a young adult, sometimes you have to take a step back and you realize, you know what, that was a little too quick. I I did make the wrong decision. But it does look like he will still consider Minnesota, but not very often do you see a guy decommit and then recommit to that same school. So we'll keep an eye out on what Crumpley does, but at the current moment, he is not committed to P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers. Big Ten Network continues their rankings of the all-decade team. And yesterday, it was the tight ends and defensive backs. There's a lot of consternation on the internet when these came out. I can't argue the fact that Jake Butt got the all-decade tight end. You know, a lot of people are probably going to say, well, there's a tight end that plays for the San Francisco 49ers that's probably one of the best in the game right now in George Kittle. But remember, Kittle underperformed severely at Iowa. Severely. He really didn't put up many stats at all. Less than a 1,000 total career yards at Iowa. And when you look at what they what they graduated last year, um, you know, one of the guys, Noah Fant, I, I really thought that Fant had a good shot at, at this because he had a fantastic career. And TJ Hawkinson had a great career as well. But Jake Butt, he really did well. And it's unfortunate because what Jake Butt did at Michigan, he has not been able to replicate at the NFL. He hurt his knee in his last game as a Wolverine in their bowl game. And he's just never been the same. So you kind of have to feel for Jake Butt. And he was a guy where the, a lot a lot of guys looked at and said, hey, this is a guy that had you know, maybe a first, second round grade, maybe late first, early second round grade. Ultimately, because of that injury and actually playing in a, I wouldn't say a meaningless bowl game, but a bowl game nonetheless, and getting hurt and watching his draft stock go down and losing a lot of money. So it's unfortunate for Butt, but very fortunate that he got selected as the all-decade tight end for the Big Ten Network. I'm moving on to the defensive backfield. Michigan State's defensive back, Darquez Denard, made the list, along with recently graduated Minnesota defensive back, Antoine Winfield Jr. You have Ohio State's Malik Hooker, the talented safety it's was kind of weird that Hooker made the list because Hooker played one season for the Buckeyes. One. Now, granted, it was an All-American season. Ultimately ended up in him going to the first round, being selected by the Indianapolis Colts. But still, 
little odd that, uh, you know, a one-and-done wonder would be on that list. I kind of actually thought that Ohio State's Von Bell, who was not quite the same player that Hooker was. I mean, Hooker was, he's, I mean, he was a unanimous All-American. What can you say? He, He was absolutely awesome in his one season, but it was one season. And to me, when you're in an all-decade team and you're looking at collegiate-wise, you have to produce for at least two seasons, I think. Minimum two seasons. So uh, an interesting selection there, but you know, a solid section nevertheless. And then Iowa got defensive back Desmond King. King was awesome. And I remember watching King. And just, he's a lockdown guy. Absolutely fantastic. Moved on to the NFL and did the same exact thing he did in Iowa. Locked down corner. So uh, that would wrap up that uh, section of the Big Ten All-Decade team. They will continue it later on today. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Thursday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.